Work Matters is brought to you by the National Trades Union Congress, only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to the third episode of Work Matters. I'm Ryan Huang. Today we dive into the key concerns faced by freelancers and how they can better protect themselves. Gig economy work has been growing in popularity for some years now, but freelancers in particular are often at the mercy of economic trends which can affect job opportunities. Other issues also come into play. They include disputes over payments and ownership rights over the work they do. Now to help us wrap our heads over protection for freelancers, we are joined by Patrick Tay. Assistant Secretary General of the National Trades Union Congress. Welcome to the show, Patrick. Yeah, good morning, everyone. And we also have with us Joseph Goh, General Secretary of the National Private Hire Vehicles Association and member of the Tripartite Workgroup on Representation for Platform Workers. Thanks for joining us, Joseph. Hey, hi, morning, everybody. Right. Good morning, gentlemen. So let's start first with you, Patrick. We understand that there are over 200,000 self-employed workers in Singapore. They make up about 10.5% of the workforce. So given the current economic climate, we are seeing some changes in the key pain points faced by some of these freelancers. So keep in mind, we just emerged from a very stubborn COVID-19 pandemic. Give us your sense of how things have been evolving for this segment. Thanks, Ryan. I think to kickstart this conversation, important to know the you know this terminology called freelancers. Mm. It's used differently in different parts of the world and in different publications. For example, the Ministry of Manpower in their labour market report refers to them as own account workers. And sometimes you you know you read about freelancers, self-employed, gig workers, informal workers, even contingent workers. So these are the various terms used to describe well, sort of a contract for service arrangement if you legally use it. And traditionally, our freelancers face uh, several uh, major challenges, even prior to COVID. I mean, things like uh, non-payment, late payment uh, has always been an issue. And of course, uh, there's also, you know, if you get injured in the course of work, uh, is there about injury compensation? What about the medical costs? Because in the traditional employment relationship, the employer bears the burden. That's right. Uh, but, you know, freelancers, uh, they are on their own. And of course, a few other more challenging issues on the longer term would be, for example, retirement adequacy. Yeah, because they, they may not need to uh, contribute similar to employees to the Central Provident Fund. And therefore, perhaps this part of it, uh, they probably have to prepare better for themselves. And of course, in training, uh, most of the various training funding and assistance are for employer-supported training. Uh, but increasingly, we are looking at more individual initiative training. So training is, uh, well, very much left to the freelancers' own devices. And finally, uh, intellectual property rights. Uh, who owns intellectual property rights? I think this is something we can talk about more later. But during COVID, I think one of the biggest challenges freelancers face uh, is where to get work, you know, especially those that uh, require face-to-face interactions. I think many of them had to pivot, transform, redo their you know, business proposition to manage, especially those uh, painful two years uh, when we had circuit mm. breaker, how to deliver training. So many of them were affected. Uh, but post-COVID, well, different set of challenges now. Now that we can do things face-to-face, I think business is back. But however, the whole, uh, well, plethora of challenges, for example, uh, with the metaverse, with chat GPT, with artificial intelligence. These days, you can, you know, really do AI-generated photos. So whether there's a need for photographers to really reskill and upskill, you know, to grapple with all these complex changes and sort of a blended environment. And with chat GPT, well, that, that also adds another uh, set of complexities to the freelancers' work. So today, 
I think freelancers uh, face uh, well a multitude of challenges, uh, mm. both in upgrading, upskilling, and, and ensuring they have the requisite professional skills to deliver uh, their service, and of course having to grapple with the entire multiverse of things. Yeah, that's a fantastic overview of a long list of issues to look at. They're trying to unpack some of them in the following moments. Now, Joseph, let's bring you in on this. You work very closely with platform workers and your course of work. So let's talk about the feedback, the kind of feedback hearing from them. What are some of the most pressing ones that you've been observing? uh, I mean, throughout uh, all these years, we have been engaging our platform workers. And I think usually, I think in most of them in three key areas, First is the terms and condition of work. Mm. Then second is how to better improve the working condition for everybody. In a sense that platform workers includes delivery riders, P2P drivers like taxi and PHV. And at the same time, injury and safety coverage. How how actually better protect the, uh, I mean, in a sense, uh, the working environment for, for the platform workers. Uh, you mentioned terms and conditions. So where's the gap there? What's the issue with those TNCs? Okay, very simple. You see, I mean, let's put it that way. As a driver or as a riders, we are actually a price taker in a, in a way that subject to the condition of platforms, the terms and conditions. So actually, we are very open to all this. So it's a level moment, thing for you. Yes. And in a sense that, yeah, I mean, looking at the market now, you know, our operating cost is going very high, mm. especially for drivers, especially looking at the petrol price, it's worldwide hiking. So for us, it's, you no, know, we got no other way of hiding away from it. But the market is still maybe 60 or 70 to 80% of pre-COVID only. So, I mean... Is, is a struggle for us. Yeah, that's uh, a constant pressing issue for yeah. freelancers. Uh, Patrick, during this year's budget, we saw the introduction of several initiatives such as the Workplace Skills Recognition Program and Job Skills Integrators to help narrow existing gaps between mismatched demand and supply of skills in the market. Uh, at that time, we also remember that Labour MPs like yourself have been championing many of these issues, voicing concerns such as costs and also the fact that training takes time and also will then eat into their daily taking. So it's a bit of a catch-22. You need to train to get future work, but at the same time, if you do it, you kind of have opportunity costs. So is there an equitable solution on the front? Yes, NTUC and the labour movement, we have been advocating and lobbying for training allowance and training subsidies for our freelancers. I think very, very important because as I alluded to earlier, in Singapore, we have an employer-supported kind of training funding schemes across uh, different levels and across different industries. But more importantly now is individual initiated training because freelancers being in a contract for service, not in an employment relationship, uh, would require support uh, from uh, an individual initiated level. So I think that we have gone into one big step with a big foray through the skills future and as well as the skills future credits, uh, which everyone has uh, in their kitty. Uh, but, and then, but more importantly, over and above that, I mean, not just the, the assistance for the training programs, but also, you know, while they undergo some form of program, could be an extended program, three to six months, how do we give them a leg up um, to provide training allowance or tra- uh, not just training subsidies uh, or sort of a stipend uh, to see them through? So that's what happened uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic through working closely with tripartite partners and to much lobbying from the labour movement. We managed to uh, provide what we call the SEP training fund, yeah, freelance self-employed mm. uh, training fund to assist uh, through training allowance while freelancers undergo extended period of training. 
I think more importantly, over and above that, uh, we also have our Union Training Assistance Program uh, where we provide UTEP funding on an annual basis. Unlike the Skills Future Credit, it tops up in regular intervals. We do it annually. Yeah, we provide top-ups uh, ranging from 250 to $500 every year for union members, which they can tap on to undergo a full array of programs and courses. Mm. So some support there if you're looking for training, if you are doing freelance work. Uh, Joseph, speaking about support, many of the private hire drivers out there uh, may be in the elderly segment and they might not have much CPF contribution. So we talk about you know, retirement adequacy. So what sort of help are you seeing coming through from various agencies such as NTUC? Okay, actually we are talking to the government in a sense that in what way that we can help our platform workers. I think in this area, I think our government has actually uh, come up with certain program which is recommended by the advisory committee for the platform workers uh, recently released. Those who are 30 and below, they are going to have contribution on their CPF mm. with whatever they have earns in every individual jobs. But for those who are above 30, they can actually opt in to join in the scheme. And during this period of time, the government have actually sort of signal out that, you know, they will help us to pull through this period, especially for lower income platform workers. You know, the contribution might cost them a bit more in their cash flow. Mm -hmm. But in, in the long term, by looking at it, if you can get a house, your retirement, all this is taken care of, I think it's proven that the CPF scheme is one of the best in the world, right? So I think we, we really hope that, you know, most of the platform workers actually can opt in to this, even if you are 30 and above. Mm, thanks, Joseph. On the issue of support, if you need work-related support, the NTUC is one of the key avenues you can turn to. Work Matters is brought to you by the National Trades Union Congress. Get more support as you work, live and play with NTUC membership at only 32 cents per day. Download the My NTUC app to sign up now and receive 2,000 link points. If you've just joined us, we're in conversation with Joseph Goh, General Secretary of the National Private Hire Vehicles Association, and he's also a member of the Tripartite Work Group on Representation for Platform Workers, plus Patrick Tay, Assistant Secretary General of the National Trades Union Congress on an exclusive series celebrating our workers' contributions. Now, Patrick, back yes. in 2020, NTC set up two associations to represent freelance and self-employed individuals, one for creative content professionals and the other for delivery riders. So let's dive into these two industries specifically. So tapping on your legal expertise here. One issue that creative industry freelancers face quite often is who owns the IP rights for the work they produce, especially for a bigger company that hires them. How can these creatives protect these rights. Yeah, yes, you're right, Ryan. I think uh, after years of lobbying by NTC and the Labour Movement, the Copyright Bill or Copyright Act was amended in 2021, granting uh, creators default ownership of certain types of commission works. So with this change in law, uh, the creators would be in a better bargaining position uh, before negotiations begin. I think uh, this constant lobbying for our creatives, uh, freelance creatives, is, is not new. I, I remember vividly, uh, even when we introduced the Personal Data Protection Act quite a number of years back, uh, we also look after the interests and welfare of our professional photographers. Yeah, And I think these are areas which, uh, over and above uh, uh, what I shared earlier on, uh, besides payments, besides retirement accuracy, training, as well as you know how to better support them to look after themselves, I think this part on intellectual property 
particularly important, especially in this freelance sphere and especially the creatives. But, but more importantly, I think uh, it's, it's important for our creatives to, to really know their rights of their works and to understand the intellectual property rights are an asset mm. uh, which they should not sign over without understanding the gravity of doing so. And, and to that end, we, we really encourage them to have written contracts. You know, so this is important so that the, the expectations of all parties are aligned. But I think uh, over and above intellectual property rights and, and having written contracts. And the other one is a fair payment schedule. I think that's something very, very important mm-hmm. uh, because we have instances of late payment, non-payment and sometimes delayed payment. So I think having a proper and clear fair payment schedule uh, would help the freelancer particularly when they encounter uh, buyers of their yeah, services. So yeah. this is actually one of the big issues, especially in the media industry. That's I hear right. a lot of these stories from smaller production agencies, for example, you know, delaying payment to creative freelancers. So there's this question, what's a fair payment timeline like? Now, how do you factor this into your contracts? What sort of clauses should you be looking at? And what sort of recourse or support can these freelancers look to if they've not been paid? Yeah, well, a fair payment framework would be a milestone payments, uh, implementing interim payment milestones to ease uh, our freelancers' financial constraints. Because, you know, freelancers bear all the upfront costs uh, associated with procurement of all materials and expenses required for a particular project they undertake. So this could be, uh, for example, an upfront deposit, uh, which should safeguard against cancellations or complications of the service terms mm. down the road. And, uh, and of course, uh, f- for completion of each part, because sometimes some of the projects can be divided into parts and segments. And uh, we encourage really service buyers, so it's a call out to all service buyers out there to pay on time, you know. Uh, and, and it's not unreasonable for the freelancer to ask for late payment fees, considering that each day without payment places an additional financial burden on the freelancer, leading to, you know, escalating costs. And freelancers may have suppliers whom they need to, you know, that's to pay right. to. Uh, that's right. So, so some of these things are very important. So once again, I just want to emphasize the importance to ensure all these terms are written in an agreement which both parties sign off on so that they have no disputes on payment terms and uh, and timings and uh, well and, and timelines as well. Yeah, cash flow really important for freelancers exactly. or self-employed people, right? Now, Joseph, for the food delivery side of things, riders are exposed to various types of risks such as injuries, liabilities to the third parties, especially if they are getting into an accident or what have you. So what kind of protection does the law accord to this class of freelancers? Okay, actually, by looking at this area, especially for riders on food delivery, I think they are subjected to a lot of this uh, so-called injury or... Potential risk. Yes, I will put it that way. So, actually, for NTUC, now we are working very closely with all the stakeholders, like the platforms, like the government side, you know, how actually we can better protect them. So, I mean, all this insurance coverage will come in very handy when during this, actually, by the advisory committee, you know, we, we are actually looking at similar... I would say similar employee-employer staff of insurance protection to our riders and our platform workers at the same time. We, we, we are working on it now. Basically, I think every day we are talking about it. Our NTOC team is working very hard talking to all the different platforms, be MOM at the same time. We hope in a very, very near future that you know we can actually have this coverage for our platform workers. We have work uh, in progress, but I mean, the thing is, we hope to see it speed it up, you know, and maybe 
we have some legal backing by the so-called our government. Mm-hmm. So actually, we we are looking very hopeful for that. Our work in progress, something yes. we're watching very closely. We've been speaking with Joseph Goh, General Secretary of the National Private Highest Vehicles Association and member of the Tripartite Work Group on Representation for Platform Workers. And Patrick Tay, Assistant Secretary General of the National Trades Union Congress. Thanks so much for your insights today, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Work Matters is brought to you by the National Trades Union Congress, an exclusive series celebrating our workers' contributions. Only on Money FM 89.3.